0: The following podcast is part of the Joy Road Media family. Enjoy! horror,
1: starting with Tales from the Crypt. I'm your least favorite camp counselor, Tish Delano.
0: And I'm the other camp counselor, Lauren Jewell. Woo! It feels like it's been years since we've actually sat down to record it together. It does.
1: It's because we had to take a week off because I started a new job where I am working in the evenings. hmm Thus putting us on totally opposite schedules. And then we were both working all weekend together at Panic Peculiar Experience. <gasps> and then we had to record our Halloween special. And then we had to take the following
0: week off because of the same issues.
1: But now panic is over.
0: It was a very good good time thank you to the panic family
1: yes it was super fun to get to be moonbeam the clairvoyant artiste and you (laughs) played luna my art student
0: yes devoted very devoted student she was super hardcore fan girl
1: yep she was so hoping that eventually her psychic powers would come in they didn't spoiler
0: (laughs) alert Also, I like that we are both wearing our time pieces, necklaces, thingies from Panic.
1: One of the things that Jen, heart and soul of Panic, she is the person that runs everything. She's in charge. She made cool, I don't know how to describe them. They're resin necklaces with little like clock pieces in them.
0: Yeah, they're a little like steampunky. I know she did them all by hand. It was one of the things all of the people that went through it got. Yes. So it's supposed to protect you from, you know, wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey <laughs> stuff. Yes.
1: So this week's bulletin board regarding this week's episode, if you're going to try to watch along at home and you haven't seen this episode in a long time and you can't see the hand gestures I'm making, but they're really wild, to emphasize my point, there are <laughs> very heavy themes of sexual assault in this episode. There's also some ableism, but you know, generally some of the people in this, uh, as usual, are just garbage. So, you know, that should be pretty much expected at this point, but we did want to point out, if you're going to watch this at home, yeah, there's some upsetting moments. some upsetting moments in this. It is a very good episode, just like in spite of that, but we did want to give everyone a heads up
0: on the bulletin board. And as a palate cleanser yes. of this bulletin board, campers, yeah. campers, we have super exciting news. Yes. One of the reasons that we had to miss last week's episode,
1: not only because of our schedules, but also because we had to take a very important meeting on the night that we were going to record. A very important meeting.
0: (laughs) So, campers... Tish and I are very excited to announce that we have joined forces with Joy Road Media. That's right. We're joining a
1: podcast network. Yes, Joy Road Media is a
0: Michigan-based podcast network. They want to really showcase all the cool things people in Michigan are doing. Yes. Some of their podcasts include You Made Me Watch, Great Lakes Confidential, and Truthcast.
1: Yes, we are very excited to be joining Joy Road. It's going to open us up to some opportunities we would have struggled to get on our own. So it, it's a huge compliment. We are super excited.
0: We have champagne to pop later today, but after work. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I have to go teach a class later. So
0: <laughs> So I'm just going to be sitting here in my apartment staring at this champagne bottle like, yes. We will be Sooner. celebrating. Yes,
1: So that is our amazing news The best part is they're allowing us to maintain Complete creative control Have no interest in controlling our content Or having any say in that whatsoever They're just going to help us with some business aspects So yeah It's going to be the same old camp creep Just
0: on a fancy network
1: Yes woo. (laughs) Are you ready to go creeping through that
0: crypt? I am so ready But let me take another quick swig of this coffee Hey Tish
1: Hey, Lauren.
0: You ready for a creeperosity? I was born ready. So, what puts the scare in scarecrows? I've got the answer for you thanks to concordmonitor.com. About 2500 BC, Greek farmers carved wooden scarecrows in the image of Priapus, the son of Dionysus and Aphrodite, creating a scarecrow that was supposedly ugly enough to scare birds away from their vineyards, ensuring a good harvest. That's shady. Okay, so here, (laughs) this is where I was like, I have a photo for you to look at, and here's the thing. Now, Dionysus and Aphrodite. Uh huh. My theory says they're pretty attractive characters, right? In Greek uh, mythology. Yeah. Aphrodite was supposed to. It it was love goddess. Yeah. Like literally supposed to be fucking hot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I want to show you what Priapus looks like.
1: Okay. Wait. Is is the oh my god. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm terrified, but I'm also a small person.
0: So that... <clears throat> campers, Ow. Campers, if you don't do this at work... This is not safe for work. No,
1: don't, don't search this. Um, how do we...
0: No, oh no, I got this. I got this. Yep. I like, like that. I didn't know what he looked like, but I expected him to be at least relatively attractive. So yeah, you should all Google him when you have a moment. And holy shit, his penis.
1: Yeah, he's not unattractive. His penis is just terrifying. I mean, maybe some of you are up for that challenge. No judgment over here. We don't kink shame or <laughs> or shame anyone for their sexual preferences here at Camp Creep. But I am terrified.
0: I feel like you and the length of his junk is about the same.
1: Yeah, literally. It's like <laughs> if you just attached me to the front of a masculine <laughs> like a body. Mermaid. Yeah, like like literally, like oh my god! Just take like Jason Momoa and then just strap me to the front of him, and then you have this. Like you
0: have Priapus.
1: Yeah, I didn't even see that at first because I'm looking at the face, going like, I don't get it. He's not unattractive. Look down. down. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god.
0: Uh, So more of this rabbit hole, just Mm -hmm. to let everybody know, Priapus is the god of fertility, vegetables. Oh, genitals and gardens. And I'm pretty positive that when they say gardens, it's a euphemism for a bush.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, gardens, because you m- men sow their seeds,
0: yada, yada. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and by vegetables, do they mean eggplants? Because that reads, <laughs> that is the biggest eggplant I've ever seen.
0: It looks like there's another statue where he is hiding his dick in a bushel of vegetables, and it kind of looks like a potato.
1: Is it a giant bushel of vegetables? It is. I mean, that thing is, oh my gosh. I want to learn more. (laughs) I'm going to be thinking about this for a long time.
0: You're so welcome.
1: (laughs) This is going to live rent-free in my head for the rest of my life. And I'm just curious, why is that supposed to scare my birds? Because that looks like the ultimate bird perch frankly
0: Um, yeah i didn't really read further on that website after i got to that because then i was like well let me look him up then oh my god
1: yeah here i was expecting some like hideous monster and then i'm like oh he's good looking what's the oh my god yeah wow okay well so there's that yep and now you know and now that lives in your head too In other news, my um, eggplant crop is still doing quite well, but they're not that big.
0: I- you need to make a sacrifice for Priapus. I apparently Maybe. do. I don't know what that would entail necessarily. I feel like sex is the answer.
1: Right. This is Season 2, Episode 9, Four-Sided Triangle.
0: And this is your synopsis. This episode of Tales from the Crypt is based off of the 17th issue of Shock and Suspense Stories. Welcome to Yates Farm, established 1969. Life on the farm isn't always easy, especially when you're Mary Jo. One of her, him employers is beating her, while the other one is beating off to her. This episode is kind of like a really messed up version of Cinderella, question mark? Luckily for Mary Jo, she finds herself a man who will take her away from this place. Oh yes. The farmer and the scarecrow should be friends. Shenanigans ensue, and everybody gets what they deserve.
1: So we open on the Crypt Keeper playing a game of She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not.
0: The answer is yes.
1: Yeah, I call shenanigans on how the outcome is, because it ends on, she loves me not. And I was like, uh-uh, no. Because we love you, Crypt Keeper. We love you so we do. much. We do. Also, I'm appreciating his farmer chic little outfit choice. Like I said, we went into the costume trunk with like, <laughs> I'm gonna be a farmer today. Yay! And then we go to Yates Farm. Ooh, I'm pretty. Isn't there a Yates Farm somewhere around? He- there
0: is. And I was thinking about making us go there this weekend.
1: I mean, okay,
0: yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll we'll take our friend coming into town to we'll the farm. Yes, to the, the Yates Farm. Yes. So it's morning on this farm, and there's a woman coming downstairs, and she's. Sniffing for something? Yes, this is Louisa Yates. Louisa is not a morning person. Louisa's not a pleasant person. That is correct. So she keeps coming downstairs, sniffing every once in a while, and finally she's in the kitchen and she realizes that there isn't any coffee and she throws a hissy fit and also throws the coffee pot into the floor, which is kind of like, that's not going to get you coffee any faster.
1: So while I do support a good meltdown over waking up and there not being any coffee made, Louisa kind of overreacts. She bursts in on a beautiful sleeping young woman named Mary Jo
0: and starts beating her with her cane. Yeah, and Mary Jo runs out into the kitchen and takes this defensive submissive stance like this is a totally normal occurrence in this household. yes. The old woman calls her a fool and tells her to go get the eggs. And she says, don't break any or I'll break you. Yeah.
1: And at this point, you're st- you're not sure. Like, you're like, what I- is, are these her parents? Because oh, that's awful. Like, that's awful. <laughs> but wait, it gets worse. Oh, so much worse. <laughs> then we meet George Yates, a creepy old man. Mm -hmm. and husband of Louisa. He's working on his truck outside and boy, you really start to hope, boy, I really hope this is not her dad because he is creeping on Mary Jo so hard, like vomit in your mouth hard.
0: Yeah, she walks by and as soon as she passes him, the camera like zooms in on her ass because it's his point of view shot. Mm -hmm. Did not need that in my life.
1: Yeah, you do get a lot of male gaze shots that are meant to represent like what George is seeing and how he He's seeing things and, I mean, compliments to Mary Jo, slamming ass, but still,
0: ew. So Mary Jo goes to fetch the eggs and she takes off. Her sweater and jacket. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with it. I guess that can work up a sweat. So she's on her hands and knees and George starts creeping on her through a little hole in the wall, kind of like, oh, what are those movies where they're staring at the girls in the locker room? Yeah,
1: like like Peep. I mean, it's Porky's Psycho does it. It's a great moment in The Sweetest Thing. If you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. Anywho, (laughs) we'll add that to the list. The things to watch at yes, some point. Yes.
0: So Mary Joe hears somebody like click something or whatever, so she jumps up and George runs away. And then when she gets outside and gets closer to him, he tells her to milk the cow. Can we go back though?
1: Just mention when we see what he's seeing through the hole in the chicken coop wall. Who looks that hot while collecting chicken eggs? Who? Who?
0: No, Mary Joe does. <laughs>
1: no one. No one would ever look that hot in a chicken coop. But and when you find out who Mary Joe is, it'll all make sense. But seriously- I was like sitting there, like I would look like a goblin collecting <laughs> eggs for my egg collection. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> like I was like, but here's Mary Jo, like little white cami, tight leathery looking pants. Like I'm like, okay, th- this is definitely supposed to be the male case because no one, no one looks that hot collecting eggs. It's true. It's true. Also, ew, <laughs> that whole time you're like, if he starts jacking off, I'm turning this episode off.
0: I would have warned you. Like. uh. <laughs> (laughs) appreciate that because that is the noise of this episode yeah oh so when he tells her to milk the cow there's like this weird moment where there's a bunch of close-up shots so you see a key around George's neck the truck the ignition and Mary Jo staring at the necklace with the keys on it which basically confirms that this is the only vehicle on the farm and Mm -hmm. the only means of escape
1: she acquiesces to his demand and goes to milk the cow. I'm pretty sure he literally just wanted to watch her milk a cow, which is – it just – something about that, like, makes my – It's really
0: sexual.
1: Just something about that. Somebody making milking a cow sexual. (laughs) So, he goes, and of course, he does watch her milk this cow, and he comes in, and he says, I just want to talk. No, no, anytime, anytime, a strange man is approaching you. (laughs) And he says, I just want to talk. That is your cue to run.
0: Well, not only was he approaching her saying that he wanted to talk to her, but he was doing it super sneakily. And the only reason she knew he was there is because he like kicked a can or something. Mm-hmm. So who knows what would have happened if that particular part didn't happen, and he was right behind her. Yeah. Which... Well, we, we kind of know what would have... He probably would have been more successful. So here is where part one of your bulletin board really comes into play, because the next part of the scene is an attack on Mary Joe, where she's putting up a fight. Important note is that she throws the freshly squeezed milk at him. And she says that she's going to tell his wife everything. And George snaps back
1: that if she tries to defend herself in any way, he threatens to call the cops and get her arrested for robbing the local gas station. And
0: Mary Jo says that she would love for him to do that because that means she could get out of here.
1: Oh, that's really bleak. Yep. And the threat doesn't work as he tries to assault her again
0: and she continues to defend herself as as one does and she screams bloody murder. She screams so loud that Louisa can hear her from the house Yes, and starts coming outside to investigate and being like, what the fuck is happening out here?
1: And George, in a panic, grabs a glass bottle and smashes it over Mary Jo's head.
0: Mary Jo falls to the ground. There's a ton of blood dripping down from her face and George realizes that he hit her so hard that she's unfucking conscious maybe dead he doesn't know he's and then he starts (laughs) covering her with hay like that will totally cover yep that's that's really good hiding skills yeah there, yeah sir.
1: literally he's taking tiny scraps he's not even taking big handful he's like literally throwing tiny scraps of hay onto her it's it's kind of sadly hysterical Louisa makes her way to the barn and finds him
0: all wet for a moment I thought Louisa was going to be a secretly like a rough around the edges character because she seemed legitimately concerned like I can't find Mary Joe and I heard her screaming did you hear anything yeah Yes. <laughs> No. No,
1: no that's, not that's, redeemable. That, that's not what's happening here. No. She asks him, why are you wet, George? He's like, oh, uh, I spilled milk on myself when I was milking the cow. And she's like, well, that's odd because Mary Jo milks the cow. Not you.
0: She may be a bitch, but damn, is she observant as fuck. Yeah,
1: she is not a fool. Knowing he's been busted, he goes to reveal Mary Jo's unconscious body. But
0: they're or- alone in the barn. Dun, dun, dun. Yes,
1: he admits to smashing her over the head and then attempting to hide her body and Luisa's reaction instead of a normal reaction of what is wrong with you, you monster is, <clears throat> you beat the help, you don't kill them. Let's, let's just say that again. You beat the help, you don't kill them. So this is like, okay, well, at least I'm relieved to know that these aren't her parents but it's not much more of a <laughs> relief. You're like, oh my gosh, she's
0: basically an indentured servant. Yeah, she's an
1: indentured servant servant to these horrible, awful, awful
0: people. The next scene we see, a stumbling around Mary Joe. She's struggling to escape, fumbling around thanks to the blow to the head that she got from George. And my favorite part is that instead of following the yellow brick road, George and Louisa follow the blood path to try to find where Mary Jo right. went.
1: And they follow it right into the cornfield. Mary Jo makes it seemingly significantly far into the cornfield. Mary Jo passes out in front of a scarecrow. And boy, the scarecrow may not have a brain, but he sure has a heart. Uh, uh, because she, we're assuming hallucinates, that the scarecrow reaches down from its little cross. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what you mount a scarecrow on, but he reaches down and reaches his hand out to her and she starts to reach up and then she loses consciousness and
0: passes out. So George and Louisa arrive on the scene, but not before Louisa makes George pick her up and give her a piggyback ride to go the <laughs> The rest of the way. Because something we haven't mentioned about Louisa is that she has something wrong with her ankle. Mm-hmm. So she has to use a cane to get everywhere. She really uses that cane. for It has like multiple purposes. Right. Mostly she, hitting people. Yes.
1: Yes. She can move pretty
0: quick when she wants to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can imagine, yeah, she can't walk too far. So George and Louisa find her and confirm that she's still alive and George is very defensive all of a sudden and he's like... You can't believe anything she says she got hit in the head. Yes.
1: And then she almost proves this point by waking up and asking, What did they do with, quote unquote, her man? Oh. And they don't know what the hell she is talking about. I told you. (laughs)
0: says George.
1: See, she's just got knocked in the head and now she's all woo. So, cut to that night. George comes into the kitchen. Mary Jo is cooking at the stove and oh boy is he being next level creepy.
0: He is being so creepy. However, there is a tiny continuity error here. Just wanted to rant about for a moment. Sure, go for it. So the first time in the kitchen when they show her back, there is a hole in the jeans that she's wearing and you can see her shirt is long enough to be tucked in pretty far in or she's got on a pair of like super white panties the next time we see her back at george's point of view the hole is still there but now it's skin i will let you die in that hill alone but that's fine (laughs) that's fine i was very alarmed because then like if her shirt was untucked it would have still like been behind her because that's how clothing works (laughs) But then it was gone, and it was just her ass.
1: Yes, back to four sided triangle. (laughs) George, in if now like. Stephen, who is my fiancé, thus has the consent to do this. Stephen likes to come up behind me while I'm cooking and put his arms around me. and oh, like, that's
0: so cute. Yeah, kiss
1: my neck and stuff. And it's cute because he's my fiancé. George is Mary Jo's employer, and she has made it clear that she finds him absolutely disgusting. Also, he is married and not in an open relationship. So when he comes up behind Mary Jo and puts his arms around her and starts smelling her? Ugh. I seriously, my whole body just shivered when I said smelling.
0: Yeah. Apparently Mary Jo covered herself in honeysuckle for her man. Yes. And George points out that there's no one around for 60 miles. Yes,
1: which just confirms what we already figured, that they're pretty isolated, but this is extra isolated. Mm -hmm. 60 miles, that that is incredibly upsetting.
0: So while she's moving away from the, like, away from George and around the kitchen, she's still Still stirring something. I was really distracted by trying to figure out what they were making for dinner because I was like, "Oh, is that like brownie mix? Is she making brownies? What? What is in that pot? What is she stirring?
1: Soup, gravy? Could be gravy. I mean, they're they're on a farm. Gravy, gravy. seems like a staple, okay. staple meal. Gravy yeah,
0: makes sense. I'll accept that. Yeah.
1: Oh, st- brownie mix. Oh, that's that's a whole to- that's a whole different kind of stirring method. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun facts. Luisa has a sixth sense. She seems to know when George is up to no good. That or she could just hear all of the back and forth that was going on in the kitchen. Because Louisa busts in and demands that Mary Jo, not George, Mary Jo explain what George was
0: just up to. I was telling Mr. Yates not to get friendly with me because I already have a friend like that.
1: Yep, Mary Jo once again talking about her man.
0: Mm Hmm. Another thing that is happening in this particular scene is George's Eating bread, cheese, I don't know. But I was once again distracted <laughs> because he's got like this piece of something that is consistently on his lip and it's uh, there the entire end? scene.
1: I'm I think that's too meant to emphasize his grossness. Well, it worked. Congratulations, yeah. Yeah.
0: director of this episode. Yes.
1: So when Mary Jo leaves the kitchen, Luisa and George start talking about how well clearly she is very mentally ill and they are thrilled because that means they're free help Ain't going nowhere.
0: Which makes George a little too happy in Louisa's eyes. And he quickly covers it up, again, with something still sticking out on his lip, that he just really likes the idea that somebody will be there to take care of them forever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good cover, George. While those two are in the kitchen talking about Mary Jo, Mary Joe is in the dining room setting the table, and she's singing a really weird song about chicken pot pie and her sweetheart. Just something about her creepy little chicken pot pie song
1: yeah yeah listen i gotta say i mean i'm gonna call like this is the hill i'm going to die on Mm -hmm. but i've been hit on the head a lot i've received a lot of concussions and i have never then spent the rest of my life in a delusion that i was in a relationship with an inanimate object just saying i'm gonna say either she had some underlying thing or maybe this is a result of trauma that trauma could be, a- right. yeah, this could be like a coping mechanism for all the trauma she's experiencing. Yeah, yeah look at me putting on my little, <laughs> I took like three psychology classes back in college. It's a dream sequence. Yes. And oh, it is upsetting. George is tossing and turning while he fantasizes about Mary Jo in that kitchen coop. And okay, listen. Yes. She is super hot in this dream sequence. Like, super hot. Like, I was like, if I needed more confirmation that I am definitely still a bisexual, that that this moment, like, watching this scene definitely confirmed it, because I was like, oh, okay, yep, that is incredibly, yes. If it weren't for the context, I would need some time alone after finishing this episode. Hey! <laughs> But the context is, oh god, please
0: stop. You're so gross. Eventually, George wakes up in a mild fright, and there's another special note that if you look very closely at his neck. You can see he wears the car keys all the time. Still there.
1: Red flag farm, man. <laughs> like that is the ultimate red flag.
0: He looks out the window and Mary Jo is out there frolicking in her pajamas and he decides to go follow her.
1: Yeah, she's squealing and laughing and dancing and giddy. I mean, I'd probably get up and investigate too, but you know, it's George, so there- there's... No he- Deeds. No. So she frolics into the cornfield, and George, like the creeper he is, follows closely behind. She runs up to the scarecrow, and the only word I could think to use here was
0: "starts seducing." No, him. that's pretty much what my note says too. Yeah, she yeah. is kissing on him, telling mm. him that she loves yeah, him, rubbing her
1: face all over his scarecrow junk. Do scarecrows have junk? Do they? Do they pack you, a scarecrow? You
0: saw what Priapus looks like. I mean Priapus Priapus I already forgot Yeah
1: Penis Whatever George watching her Decides She needs A
0: real man
1: So uh, Once again As George is wont to do He tries to assault her again As he's assaulting her He insists that the scarecrow Will never be able to make love to
0: her And I mean Based on your image uh, (laughs) Of the
1: original scarecrow I disagree Thankfully Mary Jo manages to get away
0: Yeah, she gets the fuck out of there. And in the next scene, we see George sneaking back into the bedroom where Louisa is waiting for him like a disappointed parent.
1: Yep, because once again, her uh spidey senses were tingling and George is busted. Mm-hmm.
0: She asks him where exactly he has been and he lies and tells her that he heard a critter outside and went to mm. investigate. Just then, Mary Jo makes another happy noise from outside, being all giddy and shit. And she says, there's your critter, George, and then calls him a damn fool.
1: I don't know I would use the word fool. I mean, he is a fool. He's also a disgusting creep. But, you know, yeah, yeah fool. Like Let's
0: say like, yeah, sure,
1: sure, <laughs> sure. Cut to another day. And George sees Mary Jo looking Fierce.
0: Oh, yeah. No, she looks so cute. She's got that farm chic fashion. My God. Cute yet functional boots. Right. A full circle skirt. Full cottage core. Like, that's the word.
1: So adorable. Oh, my God. And when he's like, what's all this about? And she reveals that she has a date with her man Mm -hmm. at midnight.
0: And off to the side, Louisa sees how George is watching Mary Jo and gets so angry that the pitchfork she is holding, she throws it down into this hay pile and storms back into the house. Yes,
1: and you can see the the light bulb in George's head. It's like somebody's pulling on the cord, you know, the old school style. Yes. Somebody's pulling on the cord trying to get the light turned on. You can see it. And then you finally see the light flicker on in his head as he comes up with an idea. So before they go to bed that night, Louisa tells George that if he cheats on her,
0: she'll do to him what they do to bulls when you want them to be steers. Yes. I'm guessing that means cut their balls off. Yes. George has a lovely oh shit face. Yes. So George is having another dream, another sexy, sexy dream. And Ooh. him and Mary Jo are making whoopee.
1: Oh, gross. It's so gross. Oh, my God. It's oh. so gross.
0: But, but hear me out. Uh-huh. So when they're about to change positions, they flip over and Mary Joe was no longer Mary Joe, but it's Louisa <laughs> and George wakes up screaming, but a silent scream because, you know, he's yeah. got to be sneaky. Yes. And this is at 11.45 p.m.
1: We then see Mary Joe run out into the cornfield once again to find her man. She's groping and kissing the scarecrow, but and- they zoom in on the eye hole.
0: And the scarecrow's eyes open and he starts moving. And Mary Joe is so happy that her man likes her enough to be with her.
1: Yes. And two things. One, I didn't notice until this point that the scarecrow's face was a clown mask. Yeah, I don't love it. I, um I mean I guess if you want to keep me out of your cornfield, that's one way to do it. Hey-oh. And two, there's someone inside the scarecrow, I wonder, throws hands up in
0: the air, tilts head to the side, who could that be? I don't know. <laughs> It's like, who's that Pokemon? But who's that pervert? Right. So while Mary Jo and her man are making out, Louisa wakes up alone and begins searching the house for the other two inhabitants. Yeah. Realizing nobody (laughs) is there, she goes outside, takes the pitchfork with her, Mm -hmm. and gets on a tractor. Heading towards the scarecrow. Yes,
1: my notes specifically say, Louisa hops onto a damn tractor ready to bust up some shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say, I mean, if Louisa weren't a piece of shit, man, hopping onto a tractor with a pitchfork in hand to bust your cheating lover would be such, Mm -hmm. such a, a vibe that I would be like, yes, but I'm like... Louisa, but you're an abusive
0: bitch. Yeah, it's really torn feelings, but at the yeah. same time, you go, girl. Yeah, look yeah. get
1: that man. So George, uh, re- like, hears. I'm assuming probably sees the tractor coming, realizes the jig is up, dismounts Mary Joe, and pretends to be a normal scarecrow again.
0: Yep, yeah, and Mary Joe is super sad about it. She doesn't want to be left alone. She doesn't want to be abandoned, which is super fucking valid yeah. considering the situation. Situation. Hello, trauma response. Mm-hmm. A super pissed and spicy meatball Louisa hops off the tractor, demanding to know where George is. Mary Joe is equally upset because Louisa ruined her sexy time with her man. I mean, gr- mood.
1: <laughs> Listen, you're about to get some. I mean, some of that scarecrow D. Yeah, I might, I might be a little upset too.
0: So fed up with Mary Joe's nonsense, Louisa takes the pitchfork and tells her that the scarecrow is only made of straw and that she'll prove it to her <laughs> by stabbing it with the pitchfork multiple
1: times. Over and over and over. I'll admit this was very satisfying yes.
0: to watch. Mary Jo is screaming bloody. Murder. <laughs> and when the two women look back at the scarecrow, they see blood coming out of it where Louisa stabbed it. So George is dead. Yep. Managed to pull his own mask off, luckily.
1: Yes. And when Louisa realizes that she just killed her husband, she says, you fool. You stupid old fool. I mean, again, I'd have other words, but sure. I mean, sure thing. And as she mourns her gross dead
0: husband. That she murdered. Yep. Mary Joe. Has her moment. She picks up that pitchfork Mm -hmm. and gets Louisa.
1: Yes, she stabs Mrs. Yates to death with the pitchfork. Good for her. Good for you, Mary Jo. We support you. Yes, and Mary Jo skips away to
0: enjoy her freedom. She's got her chicken pot pie song, and she don't care because she's free at last. Woo! Yep, she's got the car keys now. She yep. can go where the fuck she wants.
1: You go, girl. You go live your life.
0: And now we're back at the crypt where he's making some beautiful puns, and I know he's wearing the clown mask. Yes,
1: dislike, dislike. (laughs) I have that in all caps. That crypt keeper is now wearing scarecrow clown mask. Dislike. I did like the safe sex puns. That was quite humorous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The puns were quite on point in this closing uh, outro.
0: I very much enjoyed the George was going to give Mary Jo a boneness. <laughs> that was my favorite one. Uh, there was a farming pun in there about sewing.
1: Yeah. Oh man. It was like, it was pure crypt keeper goodness. Mm-hmm. Just so punny
0: hello there campers october may have come and gone but let's be honest isn't it always spooky season lucky for us the Picasso's are inviting us to the seance with their newest ep and other scary stories This EP includes a cover of Oingo Boingo's Dead Man's Party, as well as original music by the band, including a song called My Personal Phenomena. The Picassos say that... This song has always required audience participation, and for live events, we get any willing to join us in singing the final chorus, and almost always when performing this song written in my haunted house about the ghosts that may or may not live there, light bulbs have burst, things fall over, and oftentimes you can feel a change in the air. You can get a digital copy of And Other Scary Stories at thepicasos.bandcamp.com. They're also streaming on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. For more details, check out their Instagram at Picasos. The Picasso's Haunted Sounds for Haunted People.
1: And now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Who's That Doot, Doot All right. This episode is filled with people with actual horror creds. I'm
0: so excited. Oh, boy.
1: Okay. First and foremost, the director and one of the screenwriters is my love, my light, my favorite director, Tom Holland.
0: I thought his name sounded familiar. Yes,
1: and I know I don't mean Spider-Man in case you didn't listen to the previous Tom Holland <laughs> episode. Not Spider-Man, Tom Holland, a.k.a. the director of the original Child's Play, Fright Night, Psycho 2. Those are some of his biggest creds. Tom is a wonderful person, a great director. I highly recommend checking out any of Tom Holland's films. They're great. I spent forever last time gushing all about Tom Holland, so I'm trying to rein it in this time. But I will say, if you are curious about Tom Holland or you're a fan of his work and you haven't already, be sure to check out Tom Holland's Terror Time. It's a website where you can get merch. Also, they have interesting articles and stuff. This is not sponsored, by the way, but I do want to give Tom Holland's Terror Time a shout out, especially on Facebook. Their meme content is just – it's on point. I'm probably going to borrow some memes (laughs) for (laughs) Camp Creek. But also, like I said, you can get really cool merch, including some signed scripts, posters. Tom wrote Fright Night, so he actually wrote a novelization that you can get on. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Then we have Mary Jo.
0: <sighs> Who is she? Because I don't think I know her. But uh, you know what- her. Okay. That's you what exactly know, know her.
1: <laughs> this is Patricia motherfucking Arquette. Patricia Arquette from Nightmare on Elm Street, three true romance. Ed Wood, Stigmata main character in the TV show's Medium. She had a reoccurring role in CSI and was the lead character in the spinoff CSI Cyber. And she played Dee Dee Blanchard in the Act. The the gypsy. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yes. The oh, yes. Fuck. Yeah, that that true crime movie that was really upsetting. She is unrecognizable in it. it. Put in a lot of effort to look the part, like she looks her age in that instead of looking like most Hollywood starlets. You know, she she just doesn't look like her usual glamorous self. But no, Patricia Arquette is a beautiful woman. Her first film was Nightmare on Elm Street three.
0: Who was she in Nightmare on Elm Street? Because that's that one's Dream Warriors, right? Correct. That one's my favorite one. I feel really bad that I don't remember. Was she the one that got the TV?
1: No. Okay. So she played Kristen in Nightmare on Elm Street. She's the one that gets starts to get eaten by the giant Freddy worm. Oh! Yes. And then she did not return for four and they recast her. I cannot remember off the top of my head who they put in the role in four. But yes, that was her very first film. Oh, shit. Yes. Yes, she's great Freaking actress. I'm also excited to say that Patricia Arquette was in a CBS School Break special! Yes, it was called (sighs) the most problematic name ever The Girl with the Crazy Brother. The plot is a teenage girl struggles to cope when her brother is diagnosed as suffering from schizophrenia. Interestingly, it was directed by Diane Keaton, a very legendary actress. I'm seeing a blank look on your face. Uh Diane Keaton, one of her most famous older roles is annie hall i think that was really what got her famous
0: she was i know that name
1: yeah okay she's been in a lot of movies diane keaton uh she's one of the i think l'oreal spokes people uh for like their anti-aging line and boy do they photoshop the crap out of diane keaton for that Mm. anywho off track next we have george yates played by chelsea ross not a name i recognized but he does have some recognizable credits So, Chelsea got his start in film in 1978 in a film called Keep My Grave Open, which I have never heard of, but I'm curious. I think I'm going to look that one up. That
0: sounds really cool.
1: Yeah. Early in his career, he did lots of TV movies, including Mark Twain, Beneath the Laughter, and The Children Nobody Wanted.
0: Is that secretly Flowers in the Attic? I don't know, but it could be the alternate title.
1: He went on to star in films such as Hoosiers, Major League, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, basic instinct, Rudy, and he's one of the bad guys in Richie Rich. Uh, He was also in a horror film that I've been meaning to watch and haven't, for some reason, dragged me to hell.
0: It's really, really fucking good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've heard that, and it's, like, on my list, and I don't, I don't, I have, like, a list of movies, and I'm like, I don't know why I haven't watched this yet, but I do want to watch it. He was also had recurring roles on TV shows such as Mad Men, Grey's Anatomy, and a show called Billions which I think is still on the air. Never heard of it, but eh maybe one of you have. Then, we get to Louise Yates. And her name is not going to sound familiar, but she's pretty iconic, okay? The actress's name is Susan, and I'm going to probably slaughter this. Blom Blomert, Blomart.
0: Sounds French? Sure. I think.
1: She started acting in 1986 at the age of 41. So first of all, Aww. let's give Susan some snaps here. Mm-mm-mm. Never too late, follow your dreams, kids. Her third acting role ever, because her first two movies I didn't recognize, but her third acting role ever was in the original Pet Cemetery. Oh,
0: she- oh, 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 As- As- oh. Too- Wait, Okay, wanna go guess. ahead. I want to guess. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Is she either A, creepy religious neighbor lady with the stomach issues, or B, is she the sister?
1: No, you kind of, you did. So the stomach issues, that was the nanny oh, who she was.
0: okay. I was she- close. Yes, she <laughs> she is
1: the, cr- the nanny with the stomach issues who ends up unaliving herself in an incredibly upsetting scene. Yeah. Oh man, that movie is so good. It's so dark though. So yeah, her third ever acting role was that. Okay, Pet Cemetery, definitely in my top 20 favorite just films, let alone horror films of all time. She then went on to be one of the suburban housewives in Edward Scissorhands.
0: Oh, which yeah.
1: one? Tinka, I think was the character's name. Okay. She had she had some lines. So like she had screen time, she had lines. Um she wasn't one of like the main ones, but so we got Pat Cemetery, Edward Scissorhands, and then she had lots of various small TV roles, but one that caught my eye and made me laugh because both of us in the last year rewatched Buffy and Angel.
0: Yes. Oh, oh. yes.
1: She was in an episode of Angel, and this made me laugh so hard. She played Vakma of the Gothwak Clan on Pylia remember when they open a portal and they realize that Cordelia got sucked into the portal? Oh, with
0: Fred. Yes, yes. And when they meet,
1: that's when they first introduce Fred. Yes, she is the, I believe she is the Pylean in the market who ends up buying Cordelia as cattle. Yes. Well, who has and, and her lines are so louisa could have said all of her lines literally she plays Louisa, but a, a Pylean who is like a demon species literally same person same vibes oh um goodness. super abusive just literally looking for an indentured servant to abuse oh yes so typecasting much she also ended up with some reoccurring roles on the practice multiple law and orders she played a judge and that judge had a lot of episodes in the original law and order but also was featured in other lawn order spinoff shows. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, She also had recurring roles on The Sopranos, Louie, and The Blacklist. So I just want to remind you, she started her career at 41. Get it. Yeah, so I just wanted to say, never give up in your dreams, campers. It is never too late. You are never too old. And also, you go, Susan. You You go. go. Yeah. So that's it. That was, those were, there were only three actors in this episode. Like I
0: said, they managed to pack it pretty well. And just to double check, the Scarecrow itself <laughs> was not a person. I mean, I, I, well, when the point
1: where the Scarecrow reaches down, there's obviously somebody in the well, suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but that was not on the IMDB page. so I, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was either Chelsea or they probably put a P, made a PA hop in there because it was like 10 seconds of screen time. Right, right. Although I'm sure somewhere out there, someone's like, yeah, there's this episode of Tales from the Crypt.
0: I'm Scarecrow.
1: I was in the Scarecrow suit. I appear on screen. I reach out to Pritchard Shortcut. No big deal, though, you know.
0: And now the important question can't counselor Tish? Yes, did you like this episode? I did.
1: Yeah. I did. Um, despite, you know, like I said, I don't particularly enjoy it when sexual assault is like the theme of an episode. But, you know, I'm not a big fan of like the revenge style horror films and stuff. like mm-hmm. nothing wrong with them. It's just not my jam, but it wasn't graphic. So thus, it was within my comfort level, just enough to make me feel uncomfortable, but thankfully not enough to make me be like, well, got to turn this off. Yes. <laughs> the story was really well done. The acting was chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give this two separate thumbs up. Oh, shit. Yeah, this has nothing to do with my love of Tom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she says. Right,
1: and uh, that was me trying to not factor in the fact that Patricia Arquette is so, oh my god, so hot in this. Oh, so <laughs> incredibly hot. But she's also a legitimately great actress, and she was so good in this episode. Everyone was so good in this episode. All right, how did you, how would you rank this episode?
0: So I would also give it two separate thumbs up, but I remember watching this episode as a child- and being very confused about it and still had questions about the scarecrow because I didn't quite figure out the whole like, oh, she's hallucinating <gasps> when she was hitting the head. So I was like, oh my God, this scarecrow is alive in this episode. It's really scary. Now as an adult, this episode is still scary, but on a different kind of way because of all of the strong, strong sexual moments in it. Okay. So uh, also choose our thumbs up. That is a wrap on this episode
1: of Camp Creep.
0: If you would like to support the show, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also send us an email at campcreeppodcast at gmail.com.
1: And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media. It's free. Come on. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Camp Creep Podcast. And on Twitter, we are Camp Creep Pod.
0: And as always, campers, creep it real. real.